tell. Hello. Use the false loop. Mr. John Marshall. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. What's up now? Spider friends, go for it. Transform and roll out. And I'll form the head. That's what she said. Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerd and Me podcast. Mr. Jonathan, would you like to tell the listeners what we're doing today? Sure. Today we're going to talk about one of probably the greatest comic stories from the last at least 30 years, DC Comics Kingdom Come. Ooh. <laughs> I agree with that one. I would say okay. that, that is a good storyline. Last uh, 30 yeah. years? Ooh. Past 30 years. It's, it's yeah. definitely one of my top five. Between 87? Well, I didn't say it was, yeah. I didn't say it was the best. I said one of the best. Yeah. Um, and 30 years. Think about it. It's 87 now. So, yes, of course, you have The Watchmen. Of course, you have Dark Knight Returns. But, you know, what else can you name off the top of your head besides? Secret Invasion. Boo. What? That was awesome. Secret Look, all right. We're not having this conversation on this podcast. Civil War. You didn't like Civil War? Okay, so Kingdom Come. Wow, I'm not doing that, man. <laughs> you want to talk about whatever? I'm not saying it's epic. I'm saying those are good storylines. They, they weren't good storylines, though. That's the thing. Come on, you didn't see the scrolls. Oh, this is a different conversation. It is. All right, Kingdom Come. This this guy came out in 1996. Yeah, it's uh, by writer Mark Wade and uh, artist uh, Alex Ross, and I think. This was my first introduction to Alex Ross. I know he had done um, Marvels, Marvels, something called Marvels for Marvel Comics. Obviously, you didn't do Marvels before Kingdom Come. I did not pick up Marvels. You know, um, I think I picked up Kingdom Come because our friend uh, Jay actually recommended it to me. Really? Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, um, and then I went back after reading Kingdom Come and picked up Marvels. Who are uh, you? I definitely which, did Marvels first. Because I, I do remember knowing who he was before Kingdom Come came out. And I believe Mark Wade was coming off his run on Captain America. Or maybe that came afterwards. I don't know. But I knew who he was. I'm not sure where I was with comic books in 96. Uh-huh. Uh, whether I was still buying or not. Um, were you in a, were you still away at school or were you... I was, at, I was at my other school, yeah. Okay, so... I was probably not buying columns at the time. Right. And maybe that's why I kind of fell through the cracks for me. And then Jay recommended it. And I started, and I read it. I think, I, I, yeah, and I read it. Um, and I Very interesting. In. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Kingdom Come, the basic story of uh, Kingdom Come is um, the superheroes we know today Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and Flash. They've retired, um, and a new breed of superhero, more violent, more apathetic breed of superhero has kind of taken over. Like, they call themselves heroes, but when they fight with quote-unquote villains, they don't care about property damage, they don't care about civilians. Um, they just go at it to the point where, you know, it's it's the human population's at the point where they don't know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are anymore. Yeah. Um, which uh, you know actually sounds like 
a DC movie <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> um, but we can talk about that later on. Yeah, so it's it's about that. It's about um, Superman coming out of retirement and bringing bringing back uh, a form of the Justice League to kind of rein them in the the newer heroes in and the, and the villains in. Um, but how he does it is maybe not the way you would think Superman would do it. And um, different kind of armies form. You have the, the 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 faction of the of the heroes and villains that you know Superman gives them the opportunity to reform. And a lot of them do, um, some don't. Um, so they kind of form an you know an army, and then there's Superman's followers, and then you know Batman's you know doing what he always does in the shadows, kind of representing humanity and, and, and forming his own little army of superheroes to uh, to stem the tide of what seems to be coming, which is Armageddon. All right. How I pictured it was kind of like. Uh... Like the younger heroes, I always thought of like Image Comics. They're young, they're brash, they didn't care so much, and uh, they basically did what they wanted to do. And then I imagined Superman's team as more of your DC classic heroes coming in to save the day and show them how to right the wrong. And then I always thought of Batman's crew as, in my mind, like the Marvel guys. They were more like the down-to-earth superheroes that were assisting from the sides. That's how I always envisioned the the three, I guess, groups of superheroes. Right. Well, I mean, you it's, didn't think it's, that you didn't get that image feeling from uh, the startup heroes. Well, I did, but that was done on purpose. You know, Mark Wade and Alex Ross talked about that. How because if you remember the 90s the 90s were all about shoulder pads and kind of the anti-hero and the excessive violence did you say mark wade did they do they did do that on purpose yes because if you look at yeah if you look at magog um who kind of represents the newer heroes um he you know his backs are you know we find out as we read the story that superman retires because um there was an incident where where the Joker kills like eighty three people in the Daily Planet, including Jimmy and Lois, and um, he's captured by this newer superhero called Magog. Uh, no, I'm sorry, he's captured, and as he's being taken away, a new superhero called Magog just kind of swoops in and kills the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, and Superman arrests him right away, and he goes on trial, but he gets off. You know, he's acquitted for killing the Joker. Um, so Superman just kind of breaks Superman in the sense is like, well, this is. He's the hero that people want. They don't want, you know, my way of being a hero. They want this vigilante, uh, eye for an eye superhero now. They, so that's why he kind of retreats from um, from being a hero. And um, you know, the, just the visual of Magog is very reminiscent of Cable. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of, not just Cable himself, but Rob Layfield's Cable. Right. Um, you know, big, huge, huge shoulder pads. He even had like one missing eye. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, you did. You know, just just like uh, very visually uh, reminiscent of of Layfield, who was one of the founders of Image and and um, kind of the har- one of the harbingers of, of the the more you know the more violent, the more uh, um, anti hero, more vigilantic nineties. Um, I mean, you know, we we both read comics through the eighties and the nineties, mm-hmm. and we definitely saw that shift, right? And I think it was Mark Wade's commentary on on where comics had gone, and that these guys were supplanting the 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 regular here, well, not the regular, but the um, 
the classic heroes and uh, uh, a way of being a hero, right. um, which, you know, I, I joked about it earlier, but I, I, I find it very, very strange that, well, not strange, but I, you know, it's very telling that the DC heroes, everything, the DC movie heroes of now, everything they're being accused of, of, of not worrying about property, about killing civilian or not caring about civilian deaths and about killing the bad guy is very reminiscent of these, these heroes from kingdom come that, you know, eventually go out of control. Oh, that's a, that's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, but, and I think that's why you're saying that people don't like them because you know, we, these aren't the heroes we grew up with that we knew them to be. Sure. What are you drinking now? Coffee. <laughs> it's just a coffee. Uh-huh. No, at least I'm not hearing a cough this time. Uh, well, it's still early in the show. So, um, the artwork, Alan, you want to talk a little bit about the artwork? Yeah, yeah. So that that's that was a good uh, summary of, of Kingdom Come, basically for what it was. And uh, the artwork is amazing. You open this up, you know, whenever I get or meet people that, that haven't read comic books, I'll actually recommend two. I'll recommend Kingdom Come. And I do Infinity Gauntlet, even though Infinity Gauntlet is, is probably big in scope. But those are the two that, that I always recommend, especially for the non-comic book lovers. For the, because when you open up Kingdom Come, I mean, it's just, well, yeah, it's art, but this is like masterpiece artwork going on here. You know, the, the, the painting, how he drew it, the realism, the lighting in it. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. I mean, every single page of Kingdom Come is just gorgeous. Some comic books, you know, if you read through previous comic books before, it had what was called like a splash page, which it was like maybe some place in the middle, you know, the artwork covered two pages. It was the, like this enormous piece of artwork. Kingdom Come, every single page was gorgeous. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's very, uh, you know, I was losing- Alex Wade, not Alex Wade, I just combined them both. Alex <laughs> Ross was known for his photorealistic paintings. Yeah. Um, like but, the, the costumes, Superman's costume looked like cloth, you know? It right. just wasn't painted muscles. I mean, they right. actually had texture to it. The capes had texture to it. I mean, it looked like if if these superheroes were, were really, really real... In, in our real lives, this is exactly what they look like and probably exactly what it would look like with their costumes on. It looks so real. It was gorgeous. Yes, it was, uh, you know, I mean, the guy's a fantastic artist. And, He's okay. Um, he, <laughs> he, he took a lot. And, and each panel had so much details and almost every panel had an Easter egg in it. Right. You know, I, you know we both reread it recently uh, to prepare for this episode. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm reading one panel and, and all of a sudden I see the uh, uh, the village people in the background you know, it's a, they're, in, they're in a bar they're in a superhero bar right. all the newer you know the newer superheroes hang out and the village people are back there but they're they're in their village people costumes but they're they're drawn in a way that they look like superhero costumes sure yeah. um, there's another panel where the you know the monkeys were I think there was one episode in the monkeys, the band. Um, I think there was an episode where they dressed as superheroes and they're in the panel. Um, oh, really? You know, I think it, I caught yeah. that one yet. Oh, there's so many different, uh, mm-hmm. uh allusions to, to different things. There's, there's super friends, um, um, Easter eggs, there's, I, but he put so much detail to each and every panel. It was really, uh, 
groundbreaking for the day, you know, because sure. uh, it really shook the world, shook the comic book world in, in regards to the story and the art. It was, it was this perfect melding of um, of great story writing because of the themes and just the, the fantastic artwork of Alex Ross. Yeah, and and tied in with Mark's Wade writing. Yeah, I think I think Mark Wade just finished his run in Captain America. Did he not before he did this? Because he had a pretty epic run on Captain America. Yeah, he did. Kazar, and I think he was just he was like the hit writer, you know. And uh, I think yeah. you're right because I remember buying Kazar. They restarted it with the number one, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was reading Kazar. So if I was reading Kazar, I had to be super. <laughs> if you're reading Kazar, then Wade yeah. must be good. Yeah, I'm and they had sure. great artists on it too. I can't remember which artist was. I think I want to say it's John Romano. No, it can't be John Romano. Yeah. I think it was. I don't know who it was. Well, I think what was happening around this time was that um, Marvel, at least, was trying to move away from that. I think they saw the era of their ways, and they're trying to move away from all that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the hyper-violent, the individual anti, and, and bringing back the hero part. And that's what Mark Wade did with Cap. He made Cap a hero again. Because, I mean, they were all getting so discomfortable. And, and it was going on in DC, too. There was a point where DC replaced every one of their heroes with a newer version, you know. Um, they got rid of Hal Jordan and brought in Kyle Rayner. They got rid of Barry Allen and brought in Wally West. Uh, they got rid of uh, Batman for a little while. They broke his back and they made him. That's right. They, they did him. all happen around like the mid 90s. Right. You know, they got rid of Wonder Woman and made Artemis uh, Wonder Woman. Right. Um, so, and I think this is kind of the beginning of the reset for both companies. You're like, this isn't working for us. You know, let's, let's it figure out. It sounds like they were trying to do their own version of getting younger and hipper. Right. Because image was very hot at the time. Yes, but... Even well, Daredevil, I think, they gave him, like, body armor. And Captain America... Oh, that's right. Captain America was what, wearing, like, body armor, too. Right. Well, you got to remember the Heroes Reborn thing was there was a... There was a whole... I mean, Marvel had screwed with their characters so much that they were unrecognizable. Sure. Uh, and they had to... They, you know, they wrote a story, the Onslaught story, where all these heroes were killed. And then they had to bring back Jim Lee and Rob Layfield to uh, do something called Heroes Reborn, yeah. in which they, kinda, they, they sort of brought them back to their roots, but, you know, I don't know how successful that was, but it, it was a reboot, and uh, Jim Lee's art is always wonderful, but, you know, I don't know if, if a lot of artists should become writers, especially <laughs> <laughs> Rob Layfield's. Yeah. Um, but, you know, getting back to Kingdom Come, uh, you know, the themes of Mark Wade. Uh, I think he was, he was, you know, because we have to remember that it was built around uh, the Spectre and Norman McKay. Norman McKay is a, is a pastor in this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Spectre kind of comes into it, you know, it, you know, they set it up where the world's just been in trouble and Armageddon's coming. And uh, so the Spectre comes to, to Norman McKay as a representative of God. Um, he, he punishes people. Uh, that do wrong. He's he, he's God's kind of like an angel of death or whatever. And uh, he asked Norman McKay as a human to, you know, follow through the through line of the story. And at the end, he says to him, "You make the judgment who gets punished." And mm-hmm. you know, that's pretty much what the story is about. And um, uh, and they, and they frame it around uh, biblical verses. And, and it, he, I mean, Mark Wade did a fantastic job of of tying biblical verses into what was happening in the story. Right. Um, and I think it, it was just, I mean, it's, 
it's such a masterful piece of writing, I think. Um, um, and it ended, you know, you know, and the way he uses Captain Marvel, uh, you know, he, he accounts for everybody, you know, the more powerful people you would think could intercede, he figures out a way to kind of get them out of the picture or, and he does a very, very, you know, uh, doesn't take up a lot of story, you know, like, uh, Aquaman refuses, Aquaman is now ruling Atlantis, he's, you know, when, when Superman retired, a lot of the other heroes retired, Superman's, uh, Aquaman's down in Atlantis, he's now King Arthur, um, and he refuses to help because he's like, look, I got 70% of the earth to worry about. Uh, you guys do your thing. Um, they figure out a way to kind of take a Martian Manhunter out because he's very powerful to take him out of the story. Um, and even what they did with Captain Marvel was great, I thought. Um, one guy that could go toe to toe with Superman. Um, yeah, it, it was just a really good story. Yeah, speaking of um, you know, Aquaman and, and all these heroes, I really liked. Um uh, Alex Ross rendition of what these guys would look like in the future. You know, Captain America, instead of that, his classic rest. Yeah, Superman with the red and yellow. He has a, more of a black background to kind of reflect how how jaded he's become, you know? Right, and right. You're right. Aquaman has that, has that, you know, King Arthur look to him. And, uh, and even the Flash, he's so fast. He's just, just a blur. Right. Well, well, they tell you that that the Flash is constant. Like his city, Central City, has no crime in it because the Flash is just constantly moving. He's constantly he's he's gotten so fast. He's all over the city at the same time. Right. So he's stopping crime. Um, Batman. Um, you know, they, they, his backstory is his identity gets found out. Bane and Two Face destroy the mansion. Uh, uh, one of the newer heroes called named Genocide destroys Arkham and Bell Reeve. Um, and a couple of the other prisons with uh, everybody in it. So a lot of the older here, uh, older villains are gone. So Batman's kind of sitting in his cave, um, controlling these robotic uh, robot bats that, um, well, yeah, that he patrols Gotham City with. The Gotham City has become fairly crime-free, um, a little bit of a fascist state, but a little, you know, definitely crime-free. Crime free. So we, <laughs> when you look at Bruce Wayne's design, he basically has this uh, kind of like a back brace that kind of supports his back. Right. Um, because he's, he's, he's been to so many hand-to-hand fights because, let's face it, Batman is just a regular guy. Right. And now he's he's getting these robots to fight for him because he's just he just can't hang anymore, you know. Right. And when he does he show up at the end, he's wearing this robotic body armor thing, and uh, and how awesome was um, even Wonder Woman when she goes to battle, you know? She's got this like wings, like armor on her. She's yeah, got she basically looks like an eagle. Yeah, like she's got the eagle. American flag as a cape. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing about Batman is when he's not wearing his helmet, his his chin piece looks like Darth Vader's when his helmet's off, and that was done. That was done on purpose. Um, yeah, Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman was uh, banished from Paradise Island for failing in her mission mm-hmm. to, uh, to 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 bring peace to mankind. Uh, Green Lantern is Alan Scott, and he hovers above the Earth, watching over it. They never talk about like Jordan, do they? They don't. Uh, Hawkman has morphed into like an actual hawk hawk. god. Yeah. And he uh, patrols like the Pacific Northwest. He's like an environmental superhero. Um, Funny thing is, when when Superman comes back, he, um, 
immediately come to his side is the second generation, uh, meaning Robin, Wonder Girl, uh, Aqualad, all grown up, obviously. They all come to his side, and then their children wind up siding with Batman. Um, so you know, it becomes a familial and and, and generational thing. Right. Um, you know, Robin. Robin. Uh, well, Dick Grayson becomes Red Robin, uh, and you know their names change and things like that. But and that's the thing too, because just with, I mean, there there are characters that don't have a that don't have a line in the story, but you know the way the art is done, you can look and go, oh, that's so and so, and that's what they'll look like when they're older. Or, oh, that was or, one of the coolest parts to see. Red Robin, which is basically Robin as he's grown up, and he has right. like a some design elements of Batman too. I mean, those were things were that just were just exciting to me. Yeah, you see the Speedy grows up to be Red Arrow. He looks exactly like Ollie, except he's got red hair. Right. Yeah, he's got the mustache. He's got the beard. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Girl grows up to be the new Wonder Woman since they took Diana's kind of uh, title from her. Right. Um, it, it's just a. Uh, it, it, you know the collaboration between the two uh, creators was was great, and they they just did a great job. I mean, even the, the covers were just wraparound covers of the, of just the heroes standing there. Oh, that's that you was know? epic! Yeah, yeah. I think I think cover one was uh, Superman and his kind of uh, I want to say gang, but um, his posse. You can say his posse, his team, <laughs> or was that that might have been issue two? I'm trying to look at the covers now. Um, yeah, cover one was the Spectre. Cover one was the Spectre and all his uh, and all the newer heroes. Right. And then um, cover two was Superman and his team. Mm-hmm. Cover three was Batman and his team. And uh, the the fourth cover was uh, Superman being bathed in fire, um, which four is a great issue. That I mean, was they, fantastic. Yeah, they wrap it up great. Um, so, so you're looking at, uh, you know, it, it's also the, the the main theme is mankind taking care of themselves because after Superman leaves and all these heroes are just doing whatever they want, mankind is, is you know, humans are just kind of relegated to just watching and with, like they have no way to control what's happening and kind of being um, at the whim of these uh, super powerful beings. Um, but the story ends with, and, and this is a great way to use Captain Marvel, where he gets brainwashed and uh, um, he's fighting Superman. And, um, you know, the humanity's like, look, we got to do something. So they decide to drop three nuclear bombs on, um, you know, there's this huge, huge superhuman fight uh, going on. They're, they decide to drop these nuclear bombs and Superman's trying to talk uh, Captain Marvel into doing the right, you know, calming, like stop fighting him and doing the right thing and like let him go so he can stop the bombs. And and he's basically says, look, you're 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 man and God. You're the only one that can make this decision, you know, to you know, to let the bombs drop or will we all die or can we can you let me go save, you know, stop the bombs and save everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was really important because I. I don't know that we, when you think of Shazam, you think of he's a man and a, and a God, you know, right. uh, you know, and ultimately he lets Superman go. Superman starts to fly. Uh, he changes into Shazam and he, and he chases Superman and he throws him on the ground and he takes, you know, more or less the bullet for him. Sure. Uh, he, he, he intercepts the nuclear missile. Uh, at, the, at the meantime, Batman and Wonder Woman had taken out one each. Um, so, you know, it was those themes of, of, of humanity and, and, and it ends with, cause the bomb, 
detonates above everybody and kills a lot of a lot of superhumans. Superman is enraged and flies off to the UN and begins to destroy like the building. But the pastor who's there to judge, uh, you know, he's following. You know, he, he goes throughout the story as a ghost, and he kind of just comes in there and says. This isn't you. You've forgotten the man part of you. You've forgotten Clark. And that's another thing. The whole story, when people call him Clark, he's like, don't call me that. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's given up his humanity. Um, but he gets it back and he does the right thing and, and uh, doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> it's such an amazing book. I mean, like, hopefully you've read these books to kind of like share what we're talking about. And if you haven't, it is definitely worth a read. Um, when I'm thinking like some of my favorite things in the book is, is probably what you were just talking about to see Superman go to toe with Captain Marvel how it's painted how it's you know how it's set up it is so freaking epic you don't realize and I never really thought about just how powerful Captain Marvel was mm-hmm. until he's going pound pounding each other you know fisticuffs I mean you can almost feel how hard they're hitting and, and what it may actually sound like these two juggernauts going at it because they even allude to that Superman is practically at his peak of strength because for so many years he's a he's been absorbing the, the sun right don't they say something like that yeah because um, you know they throw out well let's use kryptonite on him and they're like it doesn't even work, doesn't on, even him work on him yes yeah, right. so you're talking about Superman maybe at his peak and here's Captain Marvel toe to toe it was so awesome it was epic it was so epic they're just boom beating the snot out of each other and And, and why and why astounded i can't believe captain marvel is he can do this and and then you know we've talked about this before that you know one of the captain i'm sorry see i'm I'm such a marvel guy superman's uh one of his weaknesses magic and they do allude to that you know sometime in the middle when he's holding wonder woman's sword and he's bleeding and she goes well you've always been kind of sensitive to magic and then that kind of like you know sets up his fight with captain marvel but right. I- i'm telling you i never thought or even would think captain marvel is on that level and the only reason why uh, uh, and then how does how does captain marvel shut down superman he just keeps yelling shazam and lightning comes down and just rocks him i mean right. superman's basically smoking from all from, he's just getting toasted yeah. you know well that's the thing he, he's he's vulnerable to magic which is something a lot of people don't know and even us as comic readers we forget sometimes and uh captain marvel gets his power it's it's magic his power is magic right so you know when he says shazam you know, if he's a human and then he says Shazam, he turns into the superhero. If he's a superhero, he says Shazam, turns him into the human. So the genius part of this is that, uh, you know, Captain Marvel in a crazed state has the presence of mind to realize Superman's vulnerable to magic. Let me call down the magic lightning. But right before it would hit him and change him back into a human, he kind of switches plate, you know, like he turns Superman around so Superman gets the bolt. Right. And he does this over and over again. And, you know, I do remember. I can, I can even see it like they even panel he says Shazam and you, you know whenever you look at uh, pictures of Captain Marvel he's always kind of like smiling like like a happy superhero yeah. this time he's saying Shazam it's almost like a sinister smile you know what yeah. I mean yeah. it's it's, exactly. it's kind of creepy but yeah I mean when I think about Kingdom Come and I think about that scene like the, the, the epic part the whole catharsis of this story it's that but it's it's done in, it's done so well with the drawing and everything, it's it's so cool. If you didn't read Kingdom Come, f- f- 
find go to Barnes and Noble, flip to the to the end of that, and just know what we're talking about. Because right, well, it's, no, don't flip to the end. Read the whole thing because it, it, it's it's a great and, and and get get one of the thicker volumes, the compendiums, because there's so much backstory to this. Right. Um, you know, because they put out different versions of it where they added more. Because the original one didn't end with an epilogue. Um, but I think all the trade paperbacks I have have the epilogue, a one year later epilogue. Right. Um, but it's it is one of the best. Here's the thing, Al. I, this this came out in book form too. You know, with no pictures, like an extended book form. I bought the book and I read the book. Mm. Uh, this is how much I love the story. Um, I had the action figures for a long time. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I actually recently just sold most of them within the past year. Oh, um, I kept my Red Robin though. I got um, the audio book on this. It was on tape. You know, it was just like a. I think it was like a two cassette tape thing. Yeah. And the, the audio format is phenomenal. They do a really good job of reenacting that book. You know, you can actually find it on YouTube. Actually, it's like twenty YouTube videos, and they actually interlace like uh, the pages of the book as well. Oh, that's cool. That was very cool. Yeah, so it's like I said, it came out. Oh, and 90- I got the hardcover. I got the hardcover of this book. And then I open up the cover. It's like a, I believe it's like a pencil drawing of Superman, kind of like a silhouette. And it was dedicated to Christopher Reeve. And it's okay. something like, <clears throat> Who made us believe a man could fly? I think that's what the tagline was underneath there. I, I have, here's the thing I had the hardcover. Mm hmm. I had it signed by Alex Ross. I think you're with me. Are you with me? That's right. We got we did that at the Philly Con. Did you get your sign? Um, I don't remember. I got my sign. I don't know where it is. I, I do remember I didn't want to stay online because it was massive. Yeah, but we uh, we kind of went to the head of the line and we said, look, guys, we don't want to meet or nothing, but yeah. can, can we, you know, we gave it to some stranger, like, can you just get him to sign these? No, sure. That's exactly what we did. Um, and uh, I, I think I let mine out and never got it back. What? Part of me thinks, part of me thinks I let it out and never got it back, or I did get it back. And I just can't find it now. Hmm. But man, yes, yeah, so I met Alex, Alex Ross because did I get Mark Wade? We met Mark Wade at one point, didn't we? We met him when he was doing cross. Uh, what was that? Cross Gen. Yeah. 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 So anyway, but it's really one of the best stories written in the last 30 years um and you don't need a lot of background i mean if you know who superman batman wonder woman are and what they basically stand for you can you can follow the story you know oh, yeah. you don't know uh, all these extra cats or anything you, you just got to know the basic personality traits of and, and it's not what you see in these dc movies and, I, and that's what struck me the most when i read this i'm like these these younger heroes are acting the way the current DC movie heroes are acting. Right. You know, and one thing I I, I remember, you know, to go off a little tangent about the DC movies is when Man of Steel came out and he was wearing those darker colors. Okay. First thing that struck me was is Superman three when whatever I mean it's an awful movie but something happens to Superman when he gets split into a good version of a bad version, right? Oh yeah. And they have to fight each other. Yeah. Well, the colors of Superman's costume, Man of Steel, were as dark as the bad version of Superman and Superman Three. What is it? Yeah, like because he wears a darker costume as, as the bad Superman, Superman Three. Hmm. And I was like, I never this can't. Yeah, I was like, this can't be good. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's 
it's it's it's showing the story is talking about how yeah this is what's popular now that this you know this the big guns and the shoulder pads and the, and the uh, straps and the belts yeah that's in vogue right now but the classics are going to make a comeback and they always will because there's a reason you've survived for 50 years you know what i mean yeah the classic superheroes represented you know superheroes that had values and they just weren't blowing things up and they cared about people and they were there for for the for earthlings basically yeah. versus the other way around so yeah yeah i mean the, the push to bring realism and, and real life into the comic books I, I, that never made sense to me unless they keep it out of every comic book mm-hmm. but to the classic heroes it never made sense to me because i don't why would you sit down and read a comic book that mirrors real life right you know, is it, is it reading something like a comic book? If you're going to believe a guy can fly or a guy can shoot webs <clears throat> or a guy can be frozen for 80 years and then unfrozen and carry a shield, why would you want it to be real life? Mm-hmm. You know? um, so I think I think that's kind of what that's what the story talks about also. It's one of their themes. And, uh, it's an interesting and masterful job of it. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> So, what'd you do? Did you pass out? I did pass out. I was waiting for you to say something. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's all I had to say about Kingdom Come. It's a great book. I actually turned my okay. cousin on to uh, Cousin Irene into basically superhero movies, you know, because I was talking about I don't know what we're doing, but I, I remember I did. I went to Barnes and Noble and I bought the two books Kingdom Come and um, Infinity Gauntlet. I, I bought it for two really freaking expensive books. I said, no, you need to read this right now. And she did. And she has not missed one Marvel movie, as far as I know. Uh, <laughs> DC, I'm not too sure about it. I think she did ask me about Justice League. I said, pass. So, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure she's seen every Marvel movie so far. Right. Yeah, and that, this is a person that was never into comic books. So Definitely a good listener. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I'm, I'm literally trying to think of something that's as good as Kingdom Come that came from that I know that came from '96 on. I does not. Um, I mean, I'm sure there might really be one or two. The whole scope of Kingdom Come, it is it's yeah. a masterpiece. I mean, literally the the words and the the artwork. I mean, that is the best combination I've seen together. Right, and, and just, just just how they progressed the heroes and, and, and what became of them. Yeah, was just really. Um, I mean, look, we can disagree all you want about Secret Invasion and Civil War, but would you put them up there with Kingdom Come? Yeah, it's it, I like them, but Kingdom Come is, in regards to quality, it's it's top. It's gonna be like my ooh, between. I really liked uh, Infinity Gauntlet a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, you have to reread that one. I like it. I like it a lot. You know, it has a sentimental because it was one of the. I think for me it was my first major epic storyline that I've read. Okay. Yeah, because I because I, I, I remember I bought them. You were not following uh, Infinity Gauntlet at the time. No, I bought it. Did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I remember I I thought you were asking me like, what was it about and stuff. But anyway, uh, the, yeah, that one has sentimental value, and and I'm, I'm a Marvel person too, so uh, I liked it. I like Marvels too. It Kingdom Come. That that's like a whole nother level. It's like beyond. It's it's beyond nerdism. It is like, like I said, it's for 
it, you don't have to be in a comic book to, to enjoy it. I don't think you know. It just right. it, 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 it it hits on all cylinders. Well, what Marvels did was Marvels put Marvels was was superhero stories from the regular guy's perspective. Yeah, and this is kind of the same thing because you do have the regular guy Phil Sheldon. Um, you know, following the, the storyline, but the stakes are so much bigger. Yes, and and it's and it's about an internal conflict within the superhero community, whereas Marvels is about a photographer named Phil Sheldon, who who kind of got his career started when superheroes first started popping up in the Marvel universe, and he just kind of follows them. So there, there's what was great about Marvels is there were there were street level views and human, you know, man, regular guy uh, views of these major battles and stories we've read about, you know? Um, and that was what was great about Marvel's, but the stakes are so much higher in kingdom come. Oh yeah. And it's, and it's such a, such a, a thesis on, on superheroes themselves and, and the, the conflicts that were going on in the nineties between, um, what mankind, you know, what, what people wanted their heroes to be like versus what they were at the time, right? you know? Um, both very good, but very good for different reasons. And of course, like we said, the art of Alex Ross is just insane. It's insane. It is so good. Like I said, every every inch, every page of these books are just amazing. Let me ask you this: Did you notice the one of the Justice League posters uh, was made to resemble like an Alex Ross painting? Oh yeah, yeah. The whole how they're how it's, it's how, they're and, and how the lighting is exactly. I mean, he's still screwed up with the movie. Well, that's, you know. <laughs> uh, well, funny thing is, when, when DC first started making animated movies, they announced uh, three. And I can't remember. They went, oh, they, they announced um, The New Frontier, which is a really good story. Um, the Judas Contract, Teen Titans Judas Contract, which just came out in 2017. Um, and Kingdom Come. I was so excited that they were going to animate Kingdom Come. Oh. Um, but they changed their plans. What? And no, well, well, DC. Remember, DC animated movies have been out for at least ten years now. I think. Sure. Um, so they they're not doing Kingdom Come, and I forgot why they're not doing it. But um, they're not doing. I'm gonna it. tell I'm you right now. Uh, if Warner Brothers wants to fix their act, I mean seriously, if they did a Kingdom Come live action movie, I'm banging the table right now. Live action <laughs> movie with emphasis, just like that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nuts. I'm gonna go nuts. If and they have to let us. It. And they have to let us cast it. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> John Ham. <Hamm. laughs> that, that, now that's a good pick for an older Superman. A John Ham. That's a great pick. Or even a Bruce Wayne too. No. Bruce Wayne needs to be older though. Because remember he was yeah. old. He's yeah. Gray. As a. That's that's a good pick. Yeah, we yeah. need to do casting call on this one. But we can. if Warner Brothers did that, if they were smart. If they were smart, and they did a king, even though that's such a, an obscure storyline, because they were smart, they'd sell the heroes to, to Disney. <laughs> right, <laughs> they do it right. But that would be an ama- I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you go nuts if you found out? If you found out, you saw the trailer on TV, Kingdom Come as you know, here comes a tagline. You realize that DC's doing Kingdom Come. You're gonna go crazy. I know you're oh, gonna go crazy. I would go crazy. I would too. Yeah. Okay. I would go nuts. It would be, uh, but they wouldn't do it. They don't have the cojones to do it yeah, yeah they're trying you to know. Captain Marvel well, the movie Captain Marvel is coming out you never know that's true well, they're, they're the main, main players 
uh, I would say are probably out in some form on TV. And I'm, I'm going to make here's on the tangent. I'm going to make a prediction about the DC uh, cinematic universe. Okay. Because they just got a new guy, the head that you know, in charge of it. Sure. They got one movie coming out this year. It's Aquaman, and then they have Shazam, and they're doing a Flashpoint movie now. Flashpoint, real quick, was you know Barry Allen goes in the past to save his mother who died when he was young. Mm-hmm. Saves his mother, comes back, everything's changed. Right. Right. And not for the better. So okay. if they do a Flashpoint movie, I think they're going to do Flashpoint as a way to reset the universe. You think? You know, like, well, Flash, I think Flash is on TV right now. It doesn't matter. I'm talking about the T. I'm talking about the uh, the cinematic universe. They're keeping them separate. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll, they'll do a flashpoint to reset the universe. Like you know, he saves the mom, comes back, things are worse. They they save the world, things go back, but they don't go back all the way the same. Right. So that's a way they could they could you know kind of write Ben Affleck out as Batman. It's a way they could make Superman have a better attitude about his life. You know, Ezra Miller is going to carry this movie. That's what you're saying. Maybe, maybe him and uh, well, what you do is you bring him and Wonder Woman along, so she's not affected by the change. Okay, they're <laughs> Miller and Wonder Woman not affected, but Gavin's not affected by the change. All right, um, and whoever Green Lantern's gonna be. All right, that's Kingdom Come. That's Kingdom Come. Go to your library. No, don't go. To, yeah, go to the library. Support the library. Support the or, library. Or Barnes and Noble and read it or buy it there. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We're done. Uh, I believe so. Do we, we don't have any re- do we reviews this week? No. Uh, you know, I didn't check. All right. I'll check. But maybe next Come on, people get out there review. What was that? Come on, people get out there and review. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, don't forget to listen to our uh, other podcasts of our friends Jay and Pete and the Nerd Zone. Cool show. Uh, me and Pete do uh, Fat Guys and Little Coats. Pretty good show. <laughs> hidden you gems. Two shows, which, uh, come on, man. Hidden gems, which is an annual show. You get one a year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, the stuff you don't know channel on the Anchor app. Where yeah, that's a cool stuff. channel. It's it's it a is. poop platter of everything. It is a poop poop platter. Yeah. But not, you make not, the tagline on that. The poop poop platter good of everything. Yeah, can we spell it P O O P O O? All right. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys soon. All right. Till next time. Martha. (laughs) Peace. Peace.